Welcome into Straight Up Sports. I'm your host, Devin Albertson, joined today by Luke Sanders. As we both moved out of Maryville, we're back in Maryville today, though. But neither one of us live in this bill anymore. Yeah, back at the old uh, stomping grounds. The 416, the old nursing home. You know, <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, so Kirk, uh, yeah, Luke moved to Kirksville. I moved to Casey, but we're back this weekend to hang out for a little bit and kind of talk on this podcast. Uh, we decided to go... We usually talk about quarterbacks anyways. We will put a little twist on it this time um, and talk about each division and the strength of quarterback play in each division. Um, so we ranked quarterback divisions one through eight, kind of what we did here. And Luke did a little more scientific for his. I went more just on kind of how I just kind of looked at all divisions, who started for each team and kind of which division I think was like the toughest quarterback-wise. That way he did more – ranking the quarterbacks, and then the kind of an average thing. I think you tweaked it a little bit, too, to kind of your own liking a little bit there as well for your own method. No, I literally just went off the average. Just went off the average? Okay, yeah. so Luke was much more scientific on this <laughs> than I was, um, which means his would probably be more correct in the end, but this is kind of how I feel. I also have some projections going in the next year that could really affect these a lot because there's a lot of divisions with a lot of young quarterbacks, so those divisions such as the – AFC East could either shoot way up or stay kind of where they're at. It kind of depends on how those guys progress. Yeah, and the exact opposite's true too. There's a lot of, uh, especially in the, like the NFC South, where it's a lot of veterans. You don't know if those guys are going to keep declining, if they're going to stay where they were kind of at, get a little better. So, yes. Yeah, so it's me and our kind of see. I just want to talk about each kind of division first off. We'll start in the AFC. AFC East, starting quarterback projections, um, I went Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Tua, and uh, Jared Stidham. I think Tua eventually starts there in Miami. It's either him or Fitzpatrick, but I think Tua is more interesting to talk about. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I don't need the, <laughs> the guy from Harvard in here. I want Tua. Um, I think he's going to probably play pretty early there in Miami because he's very talented. So just depends on injury stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. They still might want to stay bad for a year. Yeah, it they might be win too many thing. games if Tua plays. They might get to like seven. So I mean, they fail at taking last year and still got Tua. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it's if they had like a really high top three pick, they could really boost their roster next year too. But because even if they don't have to get quarterback, if someone needs a quarterback, they can trade picks to yeah. Miami so they can retool. They had three first round picks this year and a bunch of seconds. They could do that again next year. They get a two second pick and someone wants. Field or the kid from North Dakota State, or because I'm guessing um, Lawrence is probably going number one. So, like, yeah. those three guys are going to be way up there. So, if a team wants to get a quarterback, Miami has some leverage to get some picks out of it. Who do you think the best quarterback in this division is, first of all, before we go on to the next division? Um, uh, I would probably say Josh Allen. Not really much of a competition either, unless Darnold, but I like Darnold more still. I think I like the way he finished last year after the Jets kind of went away last year after he had the mono incident. But when he came back from that, he played really well. The Jets finished the season strong. I don't like his supporting cast still. So the Jets are the Jets. I'm not a fan of Adam Gase, but I like Sam Darnold. So I want to see if he can maybe pull them. <laughs> I really think that Josh Allen's going to be really good. I'm still not as high on Josh Allen. I, just, I heard a comparison the other day that I really like. So I'm going to steal this from um, Rudy Salazar from 810. Um, Josh Allen is the great value version of Cam Newton. Uh, Strong arm, not overly accurate. Power running game, though, with his legs. I think that when it's all <laughs> said and done, you will say that Josh Allen is better than Cam Newton. 
I don't. Okay, if that happens, I'll be shocked. But what, Cam had one good year. What am I going to sit here? And he, be was, like, he was good for more. He had one outstanding year. But okay, he was yes. Good for more than that, though. Like, he was above average for more than like for like three years. He was average to below average for the rest, and he was elite for one. Like he had a couple. He was elite for more than one year. Yeah, he, he was, was elite good. the year they went to the Super Bowl, and that is the only year he was ever elite. He was. Above average for a couple years before that, but he's I'm just literally not as high in Josh Allen as you are. I know you love his arm talent because he does have a really good arm. Just, I just think, and the way he's set up, like I don't know if he'll ever put up stats and stuff, but Buffalo's going to win 10 or 11 games this year. Josh Allen is going to be part of the reason for that, and he's got a lot better weapons this year. They picked up some speed guys. They tried to kind of mimic they the got Chiefs. Digs. Yeah. So <laughs> that helps. And they, I do like their coach better too. So yeah. like, I like the bills more than the jets. I just like, Oh well, yeah, that's not even a question. I know. I'm just, I just want to clarify that real quick. Um, two is just unknown. And Jared Stidham. I really like, I'm really high on Josh Allen going forward. Like I'd, I see that. So I'm not as high on Josh. Allen. I would take forward. Josh Allen before I take Lamar Jackson. Ooh, that's a hot table. We'll go to see <laughs> North here. Um, you got big Ben, Lamar Baker and Joe Burrow. So one old guy and three youngins. Yeah. I still think Lamar Jackson's the best in that division. I, I just don't know what to think out of Ben coming this year after his injury yeah. and how he's going to be physically in shape going into the season. As long as you still give me Greg Roman with Lamar Jackson, I'll take him. Okay. If Greg Roman leaves, then I'll take any other quarterback in the division. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm still a high Lamar Jackson, but he just – I mean, he's a great athlete. He can make some throws. That's something he's consistent enough in the – well, it's, it's like, like yeah, but no, none of those quarterbacks in that division are going to win you a playoff game. So I'm going to take a 12 and four exciting year and give me Lamar Jackson. That's fair. Uh, Baker, this is a make or break year for him. I mean, he's got so much talent there in Cleveland around him. He's got to utilize at this point. It's yeah, and they actually picked up some linemen this year. So and they got a, help. and um, the guy from the Vikings. I got the head coach now. I can't say his last name. Um, I don't even know something ski. <laughs> um, but I like this can be better set up than what he was last yeah. year. Um, so maybe that'll help elevate him a little bit more. So I we'll kind of see. Of that guy. <laughs> I can it's even like picture Zuzuki him. or something. Like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is. That's not right. Stavansky. 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 That, yeah. That's what it is. Wow. Um, not a great start to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Sorry. do my research on coaches. That's my bad. <laughs> that's fair. And then Joe Burrow, just a rookie playing for a terrible organization. I feel bad for him. But like he's talented. We'll just see what kind of happens there. Too early to kind of tell on Joe Burrow. And then we go to the AFC South or Deshaun Watson and then everyone else. Yeah, that one was pretty easy. Uh, yeah. Not much of an argument there. Watson's the best quarterback in that division. And uh, I got Tannehill's too over Rivers at this point because Rivers is not good anymore. Yeah, same. I mean, it's not like I have them very high. But no. Uh, what do you think about Gardner Minshew? I mean, I have him rated as the third worst quarterback in the league. So. And I think he might push Phillip Rivers. <laughs> um. Yeah, Phillip, I have Philip Rivers as the, what would that be, the seventh, sixth worst quarterback in the league? And that could drop. It could, it could drop, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the division, not great at quarterback. But, like, I like the Colts set up um, organizationally. Just their quarterback decision was terrible this year. And then Honestly, if they had Brissett, I would have him higher on my list. I, I see that, yes. I'm not sure whether it's seeing Rivers at this point. Nothing from last year gives me any confidence going forward. No. Uh, not, and he had good weapons last year, too. Like, he I, is. So I don't know. Their line sucked. Their line was awful. The Colts line is much better. Colts so that might help good. him a little bit, but his weapons aren't as good. So T was a stud though. That's fair. He's also used to throwing to big receivers though. 
like Keenan Allen, yeah, but Williams. Ty is mean, always open. Yeah, so he's, that's fair. <laughs> um, Tannehill just meh. I mean, Titans are well run at this point. With um, yeah, I'm still. Tannehill was a fluke. I still don't think he's yeah, good. You've always not liked Tannehill, and I've been right for 99 percent of the time. And then last year, he really didn't do anything. He just turned and handed the ball to Derrick Henry like 80 times a game. He made some good throws off play action, which well, because yeah. yeah, as people are wide open, yes. That's very fair. I mean, they got a good old line. It's like of good me defense. playing eight man. Like we're not doing eight man right now. You fake a freaking handoff, and everyone's wide open. I don't want to yell at Dylan right now, but eight man football, <laughs> so let's not do that. He's in the other room sleeping, I think. Um, and then the AFC West: Patrick Mahomes, Drew Locke, Derek Carr, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I wonder who the best one in that one is. Yeah, we're not even gonna. <laughs> uh, but Locke, a lot of potential, kind of going forward. We'll kind of see if they can unlock that um, in Denver this year. Did you do I, that on purpose? <laughs> that was an accident. I love it. Um, <laughs> But they do have plenty of weapons there in Denver now on the outside. They're, they they got they're gonna be they're gonna be solid offensively if Locke progresses at all. Yep. So it's a lot on Locke and uh, Mayfield kind of the same thing this year with a lot of talent around them. It's just can they yeah. utilize it? Locke's a little. I think Locke is where Mayfield was at last year though. He's got That's more fair. time. That's but. fair. And he's also with a second round pick and not a number one overall pick. So yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he plays for Denver, so I can't cheer for him. But yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Um, at least I'm a kid. Had to play for the Broncos. Uh, Derek Carr is solid. Nothing spectacular at this point. But he's so not is Mariota bad. if they bring him in too. I actually count Mariota accent. more. <laughs> they're, they're the same. Mariota's just a little more athletic. Yes. And he catches his own passes. Yeah, let's not talk about that. It's okay. We won Super Bowl. Uh, and then Tyrod Taylor is a good stopgap quarterback for them yeah. until um, Herbert is ready. I mean – Tyra Taylor will be better than Philip Rivers was last year, so. He'll throw less interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> How many Rivers throw versus the Chiefs last year? It was like six or seven in two games? It was bad. It was, I, I could give you a number, but I think it was six. I think it was four and two, but don't quote me on that. Dirty Dan had two of them, so this is not great. <laughs> uh, then we'll go to the NFC, which a lot more um, quality quarterbacks in this conference. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go to the East first. We'll start with the worst one in the conference. Uh, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, then Jones and Haskins. One great, one good, and two just completely unknowns. Not completely I would unknowns, go one but... great, one eh, and two completely unknowns. I'll give Prescott slightly above average. I'll give him an eh. <laughs> I'm not high on Prescott. I, I wouldn't think... hate him being on my team. Dak Prescott is a slightly worse version of Alex Smith. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> but it's true. I don't hate that, though. <laughs> but also, just because Dak plays with the Cowboys, is a much bigger spotlight put on him than Smith for the Chiefs. Well, that, and he's asking for $42 million a year. Yeah. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> you see, I don't know. That's, that's What's going to happen is Dak – I mean, I'm not cheering for this, Like, but if Dak gets hurt, Andy Dalton's going to come in, and they're still going to have about the same record because – the roster really carries Dak more than Dak carries the roster. Mm-hmm. And then they're not going to pay Dak any money, and he turned down like a four-year, $38 million deal. Oof. Or five-year. No, it was a five-year, $38 million. I wish I was in the position to turn down $38 million a year. Like, oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> I think it'd be all right. Um, but I do like Jones more than Haskins at this point. I just don't know if Haskins – I like Haskins' like physical talent more. I just don't know if he's going to be able to – achieve that potential yeah i have no idea i don't know enough about any of them jones has shown like moments where he's good he's got good weapons around him too so well haskins a lot of thing i heard about from last year in washington was 
the owner wanted him, but the coaching staff really didn't. They didn't really believe in him, and yeah. that's just not a great situation to kind of go into and succeed. Not at all. So, well, because of course the also, coaching staff thought they were going to get fired if they didn't yeah. win right now, and Haskins is not ready to win and right now. And they got fired, which I do like Ron Rivera, but like he's a defensive guy. Um, then the NFC North, you got Rodgers, Stafford, Cousins, Foles. That's my order for this division. Um, yeah, that's what I got. I mean, you got Rodgers still, Rodgers. Stafford's still really talented, just he got injured last year, which really hard. You know. think that Foles is going to start? Yes. Which I, I think he's better than Trubisky. If he doesn't start right away, he will eventually start because Trubisky is not good. I don't know. I mean, Trubisky's not good. I do know that. <laughs> I just... And Foles has history with um, Nagy from the Chiefs for that half a season. That's true. I that's I think that Trubisky will start first. I use Trubisky in this, but we'll see. I mean, either way, it's the last one in the division. Oh well, yeah, that's not, <laughs> not debatable. And I just I wanted to give them a boost with Foles instead of Trubisky. So like I would I went back and I like the Chiefs stuff pops up like game highlights and they had the Bears one and I had to watch Trubisky. And it was just like this isn't good. No, he's bad. Not great. Poor Bears. Um, and then the a- NFC South, you got Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and F- Teddy Bridgewater. Is that how you ordered them? Yes, it is. You have Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and then Teddy Bridgewater. Yes, I do. This is a projection for the season. Devin, Devin, <laughs> There's my Devin, hot Devin, take. Devin, Devin. Oh, my goodness. I don't think Brady and Brees are going to be that good this year. I, think they're gonna- I don't know. Brees... He plays eight games in a dome. If he had to play outside, I nine think you're games. right. Nine games at least. Oh, okay, to thank Atlanta. you. I, you're welcome. <laughs> nine games in a dome. So I think that that really limits his fall off. And really the other two games are in Carolina and Tampa. They're usually not terrible. And weather. I think that that's what you're going to see from Tom Brady. We're like, wow, I play in warm weather every week. Like, okay, I'm going to th- – first of all, the fact that people say Tom Brady fell off last year – Blows my mind. Threw for over 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Had the, okay, well, bottom three receiving core, undebatable, in the league last year. It's not like they tried to push the ball on the field, though. It was Because you can. None of them can get open, Devin. They can't even run routes. Tom Phil Dorsett's your fastest person, and he drops everything that's thrown to him 10 yards down the field. Tom Brady was not good last year. He was not bad, either. He had four, over 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, and eight interceptions. We've already had this debate multiple times. I, just, I, it doesn't make I sense. I project this year. I don't think he's going to be that good. I don't think Tampa's line's that good. I don't. He has a better weapon on the outside. Yeah. He but, has the best weapons he's ever had in his entire career by a ton. He had Randy Moss the one year, but he didn't have the weapons that he has total. Ed Evans, Godwin. Um, what, two good items? Gronk, Howard. And Brayton. Yeah. That's a crazy. That's a crazy receiving core. I just don't know if it's gonna work. I'm just not. I'm just. I'm hesitant at this point. I know he's. I know he was good at 41, 42, but like, it's, it's eventually, like eventually, I have to be right. How long this. y'all gonna say this? Until it probably happens. one more year because I think this is probably his go out year. Just, I think he's fine for the first half of the year. I just think towards the end of the year he's gonna start falling off. Like it happens a little bit with him. He's always kind of done that though. Not just because he's old. Like he's always kind of done that. Outside of like 07. 08 or 06, 07? I don't know. And then Drew Brees just doesn't have the arm strength anymore. 
Which no, I get that he plays Drew the Brees re- like he really fell off. Like watching the Minnesota playoff game, like it was not good. I saw it more from Brees than I saw from Brady by a lot. Which also Brady looked terrible in their playoff game. Okay, yeah, but he a had no time and b had nobody open. Brees has Michael Thomas. Brees has Alvin Kamara. Like he has, that's it. Don't even mention anybody else in the same. Okay, he also has a good line though. <laughs> their third best weapon is their third string quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> that Taysom Hill would probably be the best weapon on the Patriots. He would still probably be the best weapon on okay. the Patriots. Okay, you're disrespecting Julian Edelman right now. So, okay, he would absolutely be the second best weapon, and it's not it even good running backs. debatable. It's decent running backs. Does the Patriots always just entertain okay, running backs? So you just so I don't, don't so, want to hear it. Okay, okay, then how are you going to bash him for only throwing the running backs when his <laughs> top three weapons are running backs? Check down Sally at this point for Tom Brady. I'm, I'm, it's the I'm offense. Really, and uh, Chiefs fans are worse okay. about it because okay. why would you not just throw the freaking running back when you can't cover him? I mean, that's fair. The Chiefs linebacker are terrible. I don't, that's, that's fine. It's been that way for years. <laughs> Since Derek Johnson fell off the cliff. Yes, I understand this. Yes. So why would you not? That's why they think – and honestly, if you look at like all the advanced metrics, Tom Brady is like towards the top of the league in yards per attempt. He's always in like the top 10, top 15, but everyone's like, oh, check down Tom. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's not. Y'all just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, you only want those guys game. to catch the one yard pass and go for 11 yards afterwards. That's not what yards or air yards per attempt. Oh, I, didn't, air yards, I didn't say air yards. That's yes. my bad. But <laughs> he's, every there. year he's in the top 10 to 15 in air yards per attempt. So, yes, he does will the ball to I mean, them in the air that far. That's how the is, game is, works. It is willing the ball. Like, it is. <laughs> A lot of ducks there. I mean, even the touchdown pass versus the Chiefs this past year that was down the sideline. It was not a good ball. I watched Peyton Manning throw ducks for 20 years of his career, and yes, it worked. Okay, so I don't want to hear that a duck isn't a good pass. I love Peyton Manning. Anyways. I know you do. That's why I used him. <laughs> Best bad ball throwing quarterback of all time. So, um, And then the NFC West, Russell Wilson, Jimmy G, Goff, and Murray. I mean, Russell Wilson's good. The rest of them are kind of just like, I don't – Murray, I don't know yet. Goss just kind of there. Garoppolo's just kind of there. I think they're all solid. Is it my point with this division? There's no like, which Goff can have bad games for for sure, but also when he's on, he throws a very very pretty ball. Like he throws a really good deep ball. When you run that offense correctly, like Goff can looks really can look really good at times, also really bad at times. He's got a little Jekyll and Hyde to him a little bit. <sighs> I think that's a lot of McVay, too. I think McVay, McVay's got a lot of Jekyll and Hyde to him. When he calls a good game plan, it looks amazing. Sometimes he's just... Like, Off a little bit. and just I, I, It's like almost overthought to where like this is too much. Mm-hmm. I can see that. You know. uh, Jimmy G also has a really great play caller with him, which helps him out a lot. Because Kyle Shanahan's really good at his way he does. So Yeah, I really think that Jimmy G could be the guy. Like He's just not used like that, and I think that that hurts them in certain scenarios to where like people don't trust Jimmy G because like you don't have to use him and so like he's not used for a playoff game yada 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 is he good is he not good and you open it up for debate like mm-hmm. absolutely which is stupid because <laughs> when they run their offense the way they do and you can run the ball like that why would you not that's absolutely and it's, and it's not just running the ball run the ball it's creative running game which is Good. I mean, like, their running game is different than other teams' running game at this point. I mean, it's just well, if you could run the ball, yeah, it's like the Ravens when you can run the ball for six yards to carry. Why would you not? Yeah, I understand that completely. And like, if you watch them play, it's not just 
straight handoffs. They have so many different variations of the running game with the reverses oh, and stuff like that. Good. It's in their screen game. It's it's a very fun offense to watch, even though I'm more like I can throw the ball. Like well, their I game, do. their game is very fun to watch. The reason they made the Super Bowl this year is because they just ran the ball at the Packers every play. Yeah, I don't understand that. And you think that it's some like obviously it's more complex than you think you'd be able to stop it, but at some point you still just think you'd be able to stop it. Yeah. Okay, so who is your best division of the eight? Best division was the NFC South. Okay, I went with the West. That was second. Because I think it's the best. I think it's the star power, and it has no true like weak link. I could argue that Teddy Bridgewater would be the worst out of those like eight quarterbacks. You put them all together. I could, you could, and but I, I could think, argue that you'd have one in the West, and then you'd have two, three, four. Actually, I couldn't argue that. That's a fact. You have two, three, four. I would take Jimmy G at this point over Tom and maybe Breeze. I'm between the two of my conference standings. Uh, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what? How? What have you seen from Jimmy G where you're like, that guy's better than Tom Brady? He hands the ball off really well. Is that what you? Want? I mean, and you hate that, so I don't even know what you're looking for here. I think he's better going into this year. Going into this year, I'm not going even last like three, four years. Like going into this year, I, I would got take that. Jimmy Let's, G over. Oh, dude, Tom is just going to have a freaking redemption year. I hope he calls you specifically out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he call us out. Sure. Um, I mean, that would honestly be the coolest thing to ever happen. But no, like for real. And what people don't realize about Tom Brady and about people that are that great at what they do. Is there's so much of a motivation factor? Oh yeah, absolutely. you don't think that Tom Brady wants to come and win as many games as possible, throw for why? as many yards as possible because you know Bruce Arians is going to let him. You know why I'm not um, doubting the Patriots this year is because of Belichick for the same reason. Oh, I agree. <laughs> I, I think that they'll still be in the playoffs, which is dumb. <laughs> which they shouldn't be. They literally, I literally ranked their quarterback 32nd. Like that shouldn't be a thing. But you trust Belichick so yeah. much. <laughs> And and so, their division's still really bad. Also, but I also think that like the Patriots trade away Jimmy G. If it would have been if Brady would have been a year too older, I think Jimmy G would have been over Brady at that point. I think I think Belichick likes Jimmy G more than Brady at this point. So I, I trust Belichick because Robert Kraft made him trade Jimmy G away. But I also think I think that Belichick. I don't think that Belichick the thinks that Jimmy G is better right now. I think that yeah. I think he thought about this when he was though. I don't know. I just think that I he, really do. I think he he wanted to keep Jimmy G, but Kraft said no. Cause well, Brady. yeah, because he wanted to keep Jimmy G long term. He knew that Brady was at most three more years, four more years. I think he thought one or two, and then you give Jimmy G the reins. Uh, this is this point now, so that's why I'm putting Jimmy G at this point. Well, you know, maybe he should have given him an ounce of weapons and then seen if you could have the conversation or not. Bronx, I don't care who you brought in the retired. <laughs> I don't care who you put in that offense at quarterback. Their, their name could literally probably be Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if they could succeed because those receivers cannot create any separation. Like, there's just – their average speed was like a 4-5. That's like closer to what I run than an NFL wide receiver should be. Um, they're crafty. <laughs> no, they're they're not crafty. They're a five-letter okay, word that's... and it starts with W, okay? You can't do that. Okay, that's – <laughs> I'm like crappy is just explaining Julian Edelman at this point so we'll just move on uh, so who the third best division I have is the NFC North yes same I mean even with the full Trubisky thing the other three quarterbacks are good enough to 
Poland, but everybody, everybody well, else. Well, that and the other ones are the other divisions get really bad. Oh yeah. So who do you have as fourth? I have the AFC West, and it's okay. Basically, numbers wise, it's just because Mahomes brought them down. <laughs> if Mahomes brought them up so, they much. averaged a fifteen, and Mahomes is one. So <laughs> there's just so much with Locke being unproven, Tyrod being kind of a journeyman at this point. I have Locke at seventeen, which I feel like is also kind of high. And yeah, um, that which, yeah, that's still <laughs> yeah. So we'll kind of see what that is. So yeah, the West is, um, which is the best division in the AFC with quarterbacks, which kind of shows how bad the AFC quarterback by division is. Um, next best division, I had the AFC North. Same. Um, kind of depending on how Big Ben comes out healthy wise, and then Baker and Burrow, if they're like they're developed well this year. Like they could jump up. Yeah, the AFC North could end up being the best by the end of the year. They have, they have the most potential to jump up because mm-hmm. Ben. I mean, Ben went healthy, has been a top five quarterback. I don't think Burrow will get there this year. Mayfield has the weapons to move up, and he really has the talent to be yes. a top 10. I think that the line was a huge issue for them last year. I'm interested to see if and he's on athletic with a good line, him. they put it together or not. But. <laughs> hey, Dylan. Um, so, yeah, AFC North definitely has a chance to shoot up the list. Um, who do you have as the third worst division? There after the AFC North? NFC East. I did, too. What is happening? <laughs> we went to completely different methods of getting here, but we all kind of get to the same spot, which kind of shows um, quarterback play. Yeah, so I got kind of earlier, but one great, one decent, and two unknowns. So the, that's how you get to that to that point. I already voiced my opinion on yep. where we put that. Then the worst two divisions, either the AFC East or the AFC South. Uh, the AFC South was saved by Deshaun Watson, <laughs> and they made it into seventh, and the AFC East is eighth. Even though Josh Allen tried his best to put him in the top at seven, but I put the East at seven just because I like the potential of this division more than besides like besides Watson, I don't see a whole lot of potential in the South to elevate it all. But the East could, so I'm kind of hedging my bet that they're going to be better this year at this point. I can see that, but uh, so that's kind of where I went with that. Also, I mean, I really think that Fitzpatrick will play most of the year. For the Dolphins, just because I think they'll be scared of the hip stuff, okay. mostly. Okay, if if Fitzpatrick's in there instead of Tua, then I put the South first, over not the first, but over the East. I really, I'm not sold on Sam Darnold at all. I am much higher on him than you are. Jared so. Stidham is literally the lowest ranked quarterback in the league. That's what I have. Or Brian Hoyer, either one you want to put there, <laughs> not great. Yeah, definitely. I put Stidham over Hoyer at this point because I know what Hoyer is. It's not good. Nope. Um, sit him. We'll see kind of what happens with him kind of going forward. Um, but who knows with Belichick and Josh Allen, Josh McDaniels there, maybe he'll be decent this year and then I'll get mad because the Patriots are always good. Yeah. Actually, I'll, I'll be less mad this year because Brady's not there. I think it's like two schools of thought, though. Like, I'd rather them stay relevant and like – Eight and eight, nine and seven. And not get Lawrence like Trevor Fields. Lawrence or, <laughs> yeah, Justin Fields or somebody like that. Which I heard that kid from North Dakota State – it's supposed to be pretty good. I don't know. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to be two of the best prospects to come out in a long time. Lance or something like that. Lance. I don't remember what his last name is, but um, I think Daniel Jeremiah said he actually might like him more than Lawrence. Oh. Which I trust Daniel Jeremiah. So I think it was been on the Rosillo podcast or something with that. So interesting kind of going next year. Yeah, but I don't want Belichick to get one of those three guys and just be great for another 10, 15 years. No, thank you. So we'll kind of see what happens with that. Um, 
So, yeah, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about um, what sports are coming back here, hopefully relatively soon, and kind of talk about that for a little bit. And we're back. So, we're going to start now with um, baseball, which really bundled this whole thing completely. It's It was embarrassing, really, to follow that all the way through. Yeah, it was ugly. Like, I just don't understand how you go through all these negotiations and they're like, yeah, we're just going to play 50 games or 60. How many are they going to play now? It's like, why couldn't we just do this earlier? You'd have more time to figure this out. I don't It was so dumb the way they went about the negotiations with this. And I get where both sides were kind of coming from. But the owners gave the players like three different options that were all the same thing in different versions. So there weren't actually any better offers. They just kept giving them like, do you want two sets of six or three of four or four of three? It's like this is all the same stuff. It's all crap. Yeah. <laughs> So that's what the players eventually said, just tell us when to show up and we'll just play, and then we'll do all this again next year when we have our CBA coming up, which is going to be another disaster. Yeah, it's probably not going to be great, especially if there's any of this stuff going on still. I feel like it'll be crazy. But Like the last lockout in baseball was 94. That was the year before we were born. It's about to be another one. And it's about, and then baseball really got hurt by that last time. And they're already declining as it is nationally as a sport. Which is why it would have made so much sense for them to just hop on while no one else was playing. Be like, let's get some TV games going. And what made me – like, the owners should see that opportunity. They're billionaires. Do you see opportunities like this in business while you become a billionaire? Yeah. Because you see opportunities like this. I mean, look at NASCAR. Freaking NASCAR. NASCAR and golf both got back. They're like, we're going to own this space now. Yes. That could have been baseball every day. Easy. So it was a layup. You know how many people would have bought MLB Network? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, yeah. you know how many like extra innings? Like, everyone would be like, "I want to watch every game that's here." Yeah, I need to watch something. Like, at least for a month or two until everything else gets back, you can own that space and maybe grabbing people back to your sport. Yeah, you could have literally sold every, like season ticket to so many people, and you buy it for a year. But like, everyone would have been like, "Okay, well, like this is the only sport I'm going to get watch for the next two months." Like, I'm in. Let's do it. You had so many nights there. That's just, they're open spaces. And how you are that successful in life and not see that open opportunity is mind-blowing to me. But now you try to come back when the NBA is starting their bubble playoff, which is going to be one of the coolest things ever to happen. Mm-hmm. NFL is going to be back. Like, okay, college, now you're out. You college know? football is back. I mean, if everything comes back at the same time you do, you didn't help your situation at all. You hurt yourself. Like, they had a wide-open layup in transition, and they dribbled it off their foot <laughs> and then fell on their face. Like, it, it was so bad. It was me playing sixth-grade basketball. Bad. I mean, it just, it's not great. <laughs> um, I just don't understand how baseball got to this point. Um, and I just understood how a lot of the general public during this stuff was against the players. Like, they're being greedy. It's like, no. They just want, like. Because people don't understand. They don't understand that at all. Like, well, if I get that much money to play baseball, it's like. I get what you're saying, but also you're siding with the billionaires who are losing just like chump change to them over the players who are losing their earnings for their family to last them for longer than just their playing career. Yeah. I don't ever like you're it's millionaires versus billionaires. Everyone's being greedy. Like yes. read to the, read what's happening before you make a decision. Don't just be like, Oh, well they play baseball for a living, so you know, they might as well just get out there. Like, no. Both sides are being greedy because they want as much money as mm-hmm. possible. Like that's, and to me, like I don't understand that. If you're in a negotiation and you have leverage like that, 
you're also going to do the same thing. It doesn't yes. matter if you're negotiating for 60,000 or if you're negotiating for 38 million, like some of those NBA MLB players are like, you're going to use your leverage to get more money. Exactly. And what got me the most was back in March, they made an agreement to prorate the salaries for how many games they're going to play. Like they made that agreement in March. And when the owners realized they're going to lose more than that due to revenue, not coming in for people not being in the stadium and stuff, they wanted like, well, we want to be recouped for that money too. It's like, no, you already signed an agreement saying you just prorate their salaries. Yeah. Bite the bullet for a year. You'll make that money back. You get people to invest in your sport. That's the one where you have to take the initial loss to get the long-term gain. And as an investor, which you are, when you own a team like that, you have to be able to see that. And that's what drove me crazy with this whole thing is they were so short-sighted with that as owners. Like players are different. Players are thinking, hey, this is my career. I got to make my money now. Owners got to think long-term for the sport to make them more money over 20 years and not just one year. I don't know how the MLB didn't step in and just be like, we're doing this. Because Rod Manford's not a good commissioner. Apparently. Well, I didn't have any like opinion until all this. I'm like, okay, well, you're not – like you got to be like, shut up. We're playing. Yes. This is our best opportunity to advance our sport that's dying. Like, Which people give Goodell and Silver a little less, but give them crap for certain things they do. But they're both better commissioners than Manfred is. Goodell's actually a really good commissioner for everything except for when it came down to him being in charge of discipline. Yeah, he was bad at discipline, but he was – Everything else is But everything really else, bad. the NFL printed money, and they got more and more exciting. Like, it's great besides yes. the discipline thing. So that's why I haven't been more of a Goodell apologist, I guess I would say, because I don't really care about like, discipline as much. Yeah. But. No, he just shouldn't have been in charge of that. That should have never been a rule. That was the stupidest rule that's ever yes. been that one guy was in charge of all discipline. Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. And then if you wanted to appeal, you appeal to that one guy. It's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's pretty easy. Okay, well, we think the NFL is going to come back. They have training camp starting in July. Uh, they're all going to be at the team facilities. There's not going to be no off-site training camps, which just makes sense at this point yeah. with all this stuff going on. I think we got to just brace. We've seen it with a little bit of college football with, like, Clemson, LSU, these high number of cases of being tested positive, but all the players are either asymptomatic or have mild symptoms. Yeah. That is okay at this point because we know – I think I think I know at this point – Everyone at some point is probably going to get coronavirus. It's just when does it happen? Like Most likely everyone's going to either half-ass it or is going to get it. Well, I have seen some stuff that has said when you're asymptomatic, the chances of you passing it on are much, much lower to almost non-existent. So, and the science just get the people that are sick so much, too. Out. So, exactly. Yeah. And, and the death point, rate's low. Like and the death rate for those age of people is extremely low. Yeah. Basically non-existent. I know this is kind of like college athletes are gonna be fine with this stuff. I'm more worried about the older coaches, older yeah. training staff, guys like that who are gonna be around them who are higher risk. You need to protect them more because, well, they're more at risk for it. So it just makes sense. But you can't have common sense with this COVID stuff just in general because people get mad if you don't take it. You don't think you're taking it as seriously it needs to be taken. Just but, being okay, reasonable with it. Here's my point. Yes. Why do businesses care? As the NCA, why do you care? Your goal of your business is to generate revenue. As a business, you don't have like you don't have to do something because it's a good thing to do. Your only goal as a business is to generate revenue. That's fair. So like if people want to take precautions, if you're a trainer and you're like, hey, I don't feel safe in this scenario as the NCA, don't make them be there. But if somebody wants to be there and wants to do their job, then let them do that. 
Yes. That's what I don't understand. Like, And a lot of this, like, especially with, like, football players, like, you know when you're playing, like, especially like, college and NFL football, you know there are certain health risks for that job anyways when you sign up with concussions, major injuries with knees and stuff like that. You know that kind of going in. This and you're COVID in a lock- just one more thing on top of it. I was going to say, you're in a locker room with, like, 100 people. Like, yeah. y- your chances of getting any disease are so much higher. Like, flu, any of that. Like, one guy gets the flu in the locker room and – 14 guys have the flu in the locker room. Like, that's yeah. just how it goes. One guy gets sniffles, and a week later, half the team is coughing and sneezing. It's yeah. just the way it is. Like, you're in a closed space. Which I understand, like, if you're scared of COVID. Like, that's what, like you said, you know there's health risks. If you think that COVID is too high of a health risk, don't show up. There should be no punishment for any player, coach, or training staff, or anybody else that does not show up. And they should get, if it's a player, an extra year of eligibility. Like, just make it so, like, we're going to play. If you are not okay with this risk, you don't have to play. You don't have to be here. You don't have to show up. Especially for college athletes because they are not being technically paid for stuff. Like they yeah. Should, they should have another year of eligibility. Like, hey, we just don't want to risk. Like, I live with my grandma when I go back home. I don't want to take something back to her. Yeah. Like, I completely understand that. No shame in that whatsoever. But, but that if be, someone wants to play, then let That play. should be the player's choice at that point. Like, it's just still America. There's still a free choice for doing certain risk of things. Like, it's just the way it is. Like, in the NBA, the bubble, talk about that here in a second. Avery Bradley, he has a little child at home who has respiratory issues. He's not going to the bubble because if he goes to the bubble, he won't get to see him for. Yeah. He, they can't bring him into the bubble because he's too at risk. Yeah. 100% understand that. Absolutely. No shame whatsoever for Avery Bradley. That's just him putting his family first. No problem with that whatsoever. That's his choice. But you shouldn't make everyone stay back because he wants to stay back. That's kind of what my point of this whole thing was. Like, if LeBron and Kawhi want to play basketball, they please, know the risk. Please let them play basketball. <laughs> Just please let them play basketball. And we've it's been what a hundred plus days since all this started back in March. I just don't. We know more stuff now than we did then about this virus and about how it kind of transmits. I think we know more. <laughs> There's always contradictory reports that happen every day, which is yeah, we really have confusing. Really great media in the United States and they cover everything so factually. It makes it really easy to keep up with what's actually going on. No, it's just from every angle. That's not a knock at one specific media outlet. They are all horrible. Which because they all at this point are all biased. Business driven, money driven for certain political reasons. Exactly. It's just it's the way it is, and the way the business is like just give me one news station that's completely neutral and just tells me what's actually happening without some freaking bias to it mike gundy was here at oan <laughs> it's not true uh yeah i've heard that's not true i've, no, read some I've never watched the network but i've heard it's not yeah not that <laughs> um yeah there's not a whole lot that is just that's what you gotta kind of like kind of consume everything and just kind of pick out like what does everyone kind of agree on in the middle there's not a whole lot yeah, i was gonna say i don't <laughs> but then for stories like that there's always a part of it that's always like true to the baseline and then like each company yeah. like put a twist on it it's like if once you take the twist out you can kind of see the nuts and bolts of it it does take a lot more effort to do that though and it's, it's very well heavy. with corona it's also really hard because it's a new science you don't want to you don't want to act like you're not taking it seriously because it is a big issue for mm-hmm. people that are at risk and for people that are elderly it's a huge issue and you don't want to put those people more at risk than you have to exactly but in my opinion it's more their responsibility to keep them safe than it is the government and everybody else's job to keep everybody safe. You have to balance living with precautions, but also not living in fear. 
you have to find that middle ground because both sides of this issue want you to swing all the way over to it doesn't matter, this is all a hoax, to if you go outside without a mask on, you're killing your grandma. Like, there's got to be a middle ground in there. There has to be. Like, at this point, like... I would hope so. Like, it's just so confusing about why all this kind of blew up. And it doesn't help it's an election year. Because then everything in an election year gets more politicized. It just does. It's really annoying. I'm just really confused on why every other country go, has gone down, like, dramatically. When you can't sit there and tell me that all those countries literally just quarantined the whole time. Like that's and if they did, their economies are terrible. And that's a huge downside and it's gonna be very hard to grow those back up. Exactly. And I know like you see the immediate deaths if someone dies from COVID, like there's a death right there. But economic deaths long term are harder to calculate, but they're there. Like yeah. you live in more poverty, more people are gonna die because they're not getting the right nutritional health, like everything else just goes downhill, just the way it is. Like it's reason my third world countries are lower life expectancy because there's not good living conditions because the economy's crap. Yeah. So you have to balance all that. It's it's all about risk management and I don't think we're doing that well right now, which is really confusing. Like I live in KC, they just put orders back in place that if you go anywhere in a public indoor in Kansas City, you have to wear a mask now. Glad I'm not there. I work in Gladstone, which is technically not in KC, so I don't know if it's gonna affect where like where I'm working and stuff, but like I live in KC. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but I did the buying a mask the other day, so a bunch of disposable ones. There you go. So I have them if I need to wear them, but like a lot of times my job, people come in with a mask, they're like, do I need to wear this? Like, it's up to you. Like, I don't have a mask to put on when I'm at work because I'm on the phone all day and I'm not talking through a mask on the phone. Like, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. So like, it's kind of your own risk thing. It's like. I work outside all day, every day, so yeah. I don't have to deal with any of this. Mowing life. It's um, been nice. And it's just like, and like, I'm not gonna like request to shake your hand unless you're up for it. Like, I'm gonna respect your wishes with this stuff. I'm like, but it's like, yeah, that's one thing that I'm bad about because I always shake people's hands in general. It's so, like, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm not supposed to do. You this put it right out there, now. you're like, wait, are you okay with this? Or like, <laughs> high five? Like, no, cool. Okay, I feel like if they're not okay with the handshake, what is a <laughs> high five change? What was your point? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, <laughs> but it's like I don't know what you kind of want here. Like, is it kind of I'm comfortable with pretty much anything with this stuff because i know personally if i do get coronavirus most likely a 99.5 percent chance i'm gonna live from it if not higher yeah so higher. like and like i haven't went to go see my grandma like i haven't i'm trying to stay away from older people because i don't want to change it to them but like that's ex- and that's exactly the precautions that i've taken it's like hey if I think that you're at risk or you tell me you're at risk, I'm going to keep my distance from you. But as far as me, I'm going to live my life. Like I've gone out. I've done other things. Like, first of all, if you get it because you're at the bar, that's on you. 100%. I do not feel bad for you. If you're old and you're at the bar and that's how you get it, that's your fault. But <laughs> other than that, outside of situations like that, like I just make sure to maintain my distance from people that want their distance kept and all of that stuff. And yeah, it's really not that hard. Like just, respect other people's boundaries and you're doing the right thing. I'm not going to nursing homes and hugging all the old people. Like, it's not what I'm doing. <laughs> like, it's not hard to not do this. <laughs> Did you do that before? <laughs> no, that's the point. <laughs> Dylan's face. <laughs> you're in my house. That's funny. This is literally the nursing home. <laughs> you know what I'm doing last night? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's going to be entertaining for whoever's watching this. 
Oh. I mean, but, we, we went off on a tangent that has nothing to do with sports. We just became like a news podcast for... Yeah, but just don't be stupid. It's the biggest thing, which is really hard for people in life. That really applies to more than just corona, for the record. Yes. Just stop being stupid and in like, general. If I go to a Walmart or a Hy-Vee and they have arrows on the ground that say, go this way, I'm just going to follow that just to... Because, like, I follow that. I don't follow that. I do. If, if, if someone's the aisle, in like, the aisle, I will follow it. If no one's fair. in the aisle, I'm like, that's fair. Eh, it wasn't matter. I usually try to follow. I follow as best I can. Like, when it first started, I really didn't do it very well because I'm, I'm very tall. I don't look down when I, when I walk. But now I've been like, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, especially, it's different in a small town like Maryville or Kirchville. There's less people. In KC, there's a lot of people. That's usually true. someone's in the aisle. So I'm like, I will go two feet out of my way to walk around. Like, I don't care that much. Like, I don't, it's not going to bother me. Anyways, like, it's not going to. Yeah, no, I agree. If someone's in the aisle, like, you just do that to be courteous. But, like, if no one's in the aisle, I'm not just going to wait and walk around. Like, I just go with it. Like, just just be courteous. If someplace asked you to wear a mask, just suck it up while you're in there, then just get out. I don't understand how they're going to do it in Casey. They had said that if you're in a restaurant eating, if you're not actively eating or drinking with a mask on, not sure how you enforce that. That seems weird to me. That's a lot. <laughs> just uh, if you're that worried about restaurants, just close the restaurant. Yes, which I think just leave them open. I mean, like that's, I've my, been down there, that's they, another point. If you choose to go to a restaurant when the restaurant is open, then you made that choice. Yes. To me, it's like seatbelts. Safety-wise, should you wear a seatbelt? Absolutely. Yes. But why should I make you wear a seatbelt? Why is that like the government's job? I don't understand that. If you choose to not wear a seatbelt, you know it's a dumb choice. You are risking your own life. Way more than going to a restaurant with corona. But yes, you're choosing to risk. Like, that's your choice. If you want to go to a restaurant and you want to risk getting coronavirus, that's your choice. Yes, I think the same she made with whether it's a restaurant like that, if it's a gym, anything like that, like it's like top golf. Like, like you know the risk going to a public place like that during this time. And you can't continue to limit businesses the way that they're like not I like that so the way much. they're restricted right now is okay. Like obviously you don't want a ton of people in one place. Like that makes sense to me. But like when you're like, no, you got to close because you're not essential. Like that was stupid to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, if you like, it's just all should be. We are a free country. You should have the choice to go where you want to go. And if you want to risk the risk that you know you're taking, then that's fine. Yeah, if you want to inform the public, hey, this is a risky proposition. If you choose this. You're putting yourself at risk, but like, here's what you need to know. Like, that's fine, but you can't be like, no, you can't do that right now. You just like, we're shutting all this down at eight o'clock. Everything has to be closed so people can like. I never really understand. Like, I get you want to clean stuff overnight, but like, it's just frustrating to me. Like, there's so many putting restrictions on people. Also, is not that effective because people will just ignore the restrictions and just say, well, I'm gonna do what I want. Anyway. Yeah, it's not like you can sit there and arrest someone for not wearing a mask. It's not illegal. It's not a law. It's a city ordinance. It's something like that. You can't. I think so. I think the city rule or something like that. It's something. Yeah. You, I mean, you can enforce it, but I mean, what are you going to do? Take them to court over not wearing a mask? Like, you're going to lose a lot of court cases. You're going to lose a lot of money. I'm very interested to see how this all works out Monday in case see people actually wearing masks inside or not. If it actually, people actually do it or if it's just the thing that kind of came out, people kind of did it. I thought that Casey was wearing masks for a while now, though, for the most part. Is it kind of like 50-50? Maybe. 30-70. <laughs> like, I haven't been wearing masks going to grocery stores and stuff like that, but also like I'm in and out and I stay away from people. Like, Yeah. I was. I think it's probably like maybe 10% of people in Kirksville wear masks. That's it. 
like mm-hmm. it's just not very common but you're in a small town you're in a rural area like it's a lot different there's not it's not overcrowded yes. and that's why i'm okay with more like what your local ordinance decides for each community because what you want to do in New York City is different than what you want to do in Maryville, Missouri. Oh my gosh. Like, I cannot imagine being in New York City for all this, or somewhere like LA. Which or, I would not want to live in New York City, anyways. Well, no, not even a little. But bit. like, but now would be even worse. Like, KC is big enough. Like that's that's the max. Probably like, this is that's still a million people, whatever it is in the metro area. Like it's still a lot of people, but just like it's not seven million. Yeah. In a little, like, there's reason New York City got hit hard because everyone's on top of each other. There's no social distance you can do in New York City. Which is why I really want to know China's real numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why we should not believe China in the first place because it's China. I mean, you, have, <laughs> you have a communist government. You're going to say whatever number you want, and who's going to question it? No one. Pretty much. If you do. And that's like the place – a lot of the other places that have really been shown like, oh, they flatten the curve. They don't have – super populated like they have populated areas but not near as condensed mm-hmm. as like a new york city or something like that exactly. and they had higher death rates also like italy had a really high death rate also older population yeah but they have less people so less people continue to die and less people have cases still yeah. like that's just math i don't <laughs> understand why it's that hard I, I get using like the per million capita or whatever like that stuff but also when you only have no but i do in to a, a sense, certain point but like also America has so many more people, it's just going to have to continue longer because there's more people that can get it. Exactly, and they talk about new cases. They're like, oh, the U.S. still has 33,000 new cases. Yeah, because they have 10 times the population the other places you're checking. Like, yeah, they're gonna, there's going to be more cases because the more, virus spreads to nearly everyone. And, yeah, the testing is more, uh, more common. So if people get tested, they're going to test positive if they're asymptomatic. Like, asymptomatic test positive is much different than a – someone who is in severe condition testing positive. Like there's just way different variations of testing positive. There just is. I just, I'm not going to say that this is not an issue because it obviously is like, it's yeah. a disease that's dangerous and affects especially the elderly pop- population very strongly. But some of it has been blown so far out of proportion. Like it is just like. The fear mongering has been high. People really just act has. like everyone's going to die from it. When it has like, I don't know the exact number right now, so I'm not going to say it. But the death rate's low. It's, it's not very low. And when you put a low death rate on a very high population like the United States, it's going to sound like a lot of deaths because it's going to be a lot of deaths. But like, if there's 330 million people who live in the United States, yeah, 77 or 750,000 deaths in one year, do anything, it's going to sound like a lot. But it's a low number of people. Yeah. And we'll have to wait until the end of the year anyways, and they do all the statistics to see how many people are dying from heart disease and all this stuff. Those numbers are all really high every year. Because there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. It just And if those numbers are all way down this year, but COVID deaths are way up, like some people are dying because they have multiple issues, not just COVID. Yeah, and those are dying. marked as COVID, which drives yes. me insane. There's a difference between dying from COVID and dying with COVID. Because we're not going to get political. We're not going to go to the uh, no, protest already- stuff. Not going to the protest stuff, but, oh, like, God. but like George Floyd had COVID. Yeah. But he did not die from COVID. Yeah, no, that's not the see, But See, that's, what, that's what's happening in some of these cases, though. Like, they're dying from cancer, but they tested COVID when they died. It's yeah. like, well, they didn't die from COVID. They but canceled for three years. Like, that's what, and like, Colorado changed their stuff to, like, hey, these people actually died from COVID compared to dying with. And yeah. they saw their adjustments for numbers, and it was pretty seismic because, like, it's a difference. It just yeah. is. 
for sure. That's why we do autopsies to find cause of death in people. Like that's the main reason they're for. Yes. So, yeah, we're not getting to the uh, racial stuff because because we're two white men. <laughs> we're two white men. Um, yeah, and not our place. <laughs> nope. I will listen, but I'm not gonna go. I'll listen. But like, <laughs> it's not our place right now without someone else here. To like to bounce what we're thinking off of somebody to have a legit discussion with them because we don't know what they go through. Not even a little bit. No. So we got a political enough with COVID. We, we really did. I did not expect that in this podcast. This is called straight up sports, but COVID and sports are so intertwined at this point. We don't even have sports. But <sighs> Like this is the longest I've been without sports in my entire life. One month, one more month. So, Sports are back. Thank goodness. Engaging me back. I'll be so happy. My wallet will be happy as well. <laughs> It'd be no or game. sad. <laughs> <laughs> the gambling should be fun. Again. I mean, you can gamble right now on European soccer that you know nothing about. Exactly. That's just stupid. I know people who do that. It's like, I don't know how you do that. Like, I don't know how you bet for two teams you know nothing about and you put money on it. I don't get how you do that, but. Oh, he's doing okay because he knows he knows people who know about the sports. It kind of like bounces off them a little bit, but he has no idea about each of these yeah. teams. Like, I couldn't. Do I know that. who you're talking about. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, we'll talk about that afterwards, but um, maybe I'm not sure if we do. Um, but anyways, I just yeah, I need sports better. And hey, again, just reiterating this: if NFL and college athletes test positive, but they recover and they're Herd community, herd immunity goes through these programs and stuff. The players will be fine. Everyone will be like, you get herd immunity is a good thing for this. The uh, the interesting thing will really be, other than Division One college, what happens? Because they're probably going to limit fans, which I think is smart, anyways. Because yeah. you can't sit there and have a hundred thousand people watch Nebraska lose to Iowa. This is sad. Okay, well, we don't get a hundred thousand people to our games. <laughs> we don't have a stadium that holds that, but. Um. Anyways, a D1 program like in Nebraska, most of the D1 programs have TV contracts that they're still going to at least come out pretty close to even. D2 programs, if you don't have stands full or close to full, they're all going to lose money. Yes. Like I would be very surprised if D2 yeah. programs play if you cannot fill stadiums. And it doesn't just affect the football program. It affects every program on campus because football subsidizes all the other programs. Because football makes money. The other sports usually lose money. Sometimes men's basketball makes money. Yes. If your program's really good and it's... Yeah, because I was... I but also if it brings in fans, which you don't know if you'll have that this year. I mean, there's just so many things. There, Yeah, there it, it could be to the point where D2 sports just don't get played. Just because colleges would lose so much money. And you can't afford, like... Just to take Northwest, for example, we make a lot of money off football and basketball. Mm-hmm. But... We don't like we don't even sell tickets for some of our other sports. Like it's yeah. just free entry. If you're not in Bearcat Arena or if you're not in Bearcat Stadium, it's free entry to any of those other sports. So I wonder how that changes it because you wouldn't get money from those sports anyway. So yeah. I wonder if they'll still play because it'll be tough to keep them going. Like all the especially like the Olympic sports and stuff like that, like the secondary sports, like those are sports that are gonna be in jeopardy at this point because the money from football won't be as big. It just it's it's unfortunate because those kids deserve to play college athletics. They've earned the right, but like, but money talks. As a, yeah, as a business, especially Northwest, just in general, as the university, not even the athletic department, they would have to subsidize all the sports. And I just don't think that they would make the decision 
to do so. And we'll see if college enrollments go down with this stuff too. So we'll kind of see like there's so many other issues that are going to affect sports at this point with all this stuff. So I really hope so, even though um, right now – as long as D2, I get to watch Patrick Mahomes play, I don't. That's all that's I fair. care about. Uh, but, like, D2, football right now is scheduled for 10 games. So they're playing so – Northwest doesn't play Central Missouri this year for the first time in forever, which is crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Why, why would you not just schedule those two teams to play? Like, don't let us play Lincoln. We don't need an 80-point win. Like, cast by 90, but, like, we don't have to shoot out in the field. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just kind of crazy with all that stuff kind of going on. It's going to be okay. I think we're going to play. I really hope we play because, like, the sports I cover the most, like, individually, like, high school football, D2 football are the ones at the biggest risk of not playing. So I think the NFL is going to play because there's way too much money involved for them not to. So we'll kind of see. But this has been about an hour podcast, so which always happens with us because we know we talk quarterback for 25 to 30 minutes. And then we didn't even talk. We literally talked about Corona for, like, 20 so, hang loose on that one. Oh, yeah. It breaks at 30 minutes, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Be safe. Be smart. And just make your own choices. That's the biggest thing. America. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to Straight Up Sports.